0: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Um, My name is Chido and we are back again for another episode of the Africa We Want podcast where we pretty much discuss the issues that are significant for the African continent, uh, particularly trying to come up with ways to steer development and also illuminating light on the areas that we feel the policymakers have to attend to. So today with me is Christine and Becky, and we're going to be speaking on the ease of doing business in Africa, but with specific focus on MSMEs. So we're pretty much going to be ventilating the issues around MSMEs in Africa, the laws and regulations within the, the continent or specific isolated um, countries within the continent, and how those have impacted, whether positively or negatively. Uh, on MSME growth, and uh, that is particularly in light of the role, the significant role that MSMEs play uh, when it comes to development uh, within the continent. Uh, We also focus on a little bit on MSMEs and COVID-19. I mean, it's only fair that we talk about the challenges that they are facing and the possible opportunities that actually came up as a result of the pandemic. So before I introduce the topic and talk about it a little bit, I will just give it to the other people within the house to introduce themselves again for the benefit also of those that are tuning in for the first time. Okay, hi everyone. My name is Christine and I do this podcast with Chido and recently Becky and it's great to be here to speak on this topic. Hi,
1: I'm Becky. Well, full name Rebecca. Um, I'm a guest, uh, frequently appearing guest in this podcast, and happy to be discussing these very prevalent topics.
0: Okay. Uh, so maybe to just give uh, a certain uh, what I would call a background. Uh, basically, when we talk about MSMEs, which are pretty much micro, small, medium enterprises, we're talking about those enterprises that actually are very crucial to the economic development of African countries, the continent, actually, I would say, of most countries around the globe. So they are a vital engine uh, for the economy because they see ahead growth, uh, they lead innovation. We always look up to them as a source of employment for all sectors, including the usually marginalized women and the youth, and they also provide a customer base for large companies across the supply chain, which is pretty much vital for international trade. So we, we have this, um, this specific vehicle for economic development, which constitutes more than 70% of each country's GDP, which is quite a lot if you think about it. But we always have a situation where these small enterprises always face problems when it comes to uh, the cost of doing business in any jurisdiction is becoming a generic problem, uh, especially within the continent. So we're really trying to see how best they can be helped, especially now that as a continent, we have the, uh, the African continental free trade area, which is pretty much going to, which is pretty much, um, a single market for all enterprises within Africa. So the question becomes, what can be done, done for these enterprises to actually also benefit from this big market that we constantly talk about. How can they get out of the COVID-19? How can they make use of the opportunities that are there? So before we get to the solutions or the recommendations, I think, uh, Christian would really want to give us an idea or an overview of the, the, the regulatory framework or the regulatory system that exists in some of these other African countries that actually is to the detriment of MSMEs. Over to you, Christian. Okay, uh, thank you, Chido. And I think to begin with is for most businesses, one of the main entrances is licensing. So, for instance, uh, to operate for most, for most, in most African countries and possibly most, uh, uh, most other places is that a business will need certain kinds of licenses, whether it's uh tax licenses uh, or a business any business permits to operate you know like licenses to employ people and most of these things especially in Africa is that uh you need to pay certain kinds of fees and then also to understand the regulation itself so most of these regulations will be in laws whether it's like uh bylaws or whether it's like in Main legislation. So there will be a legislation that will require you, for instance, if you want to register a partnership, if you want to register sole proprietorship or this or a company, these are the regulations that you need to follow. And you see for a micro, a micro enterprise or even a small enterprise, this is additional work that someone will have to go into, which is not their core business. So, the The core business in most times is possibly think of someone who's just buying uh let's say vegetables and just selling them on a very small scale so there's at that level the core business is really uh about sourcing for these things, looking for the market and making sure that they they are getting enough return when it comes to other things like regulation, like for instance, are your vegetables complying with any health standards or uh, are you paying if you have an employee are you making the deductions that you need to do for social security and that kind of thing are you complying with the tax regulations that's not the core uh business of such a person or even like someone who has a very small kiosk where what they do is that they buy goods on a wholesale basis and they are in the retail. And now what happens is that there's so much compliance that you'd have to do, like, if you're opening up an actual shop, do you need to, like, get a business permit to set up? So, like, the regulations themselves are complex, they're not like the most straightforward in in most places, and therefore most businesses will need an advisor. And this brings in a cost even just to understand what the regulations are. And in addition to that, there's now the paying for the licenses themselves. If you need to register, let's say, a partnership, then you need to pay a certain amount of government fees. So imagine someone who's just recently started doing a very small uh, business, and some of the costs that they have to incur is to register and to formalize that arrangement so that it's legally recognised and there are protections and such kinds of things. So they have the option, the person has an option to not register it, but you see the cost of that is also quite significant because when it comes, for instance, to contracting with other people, how do you contract? And most of the business arrangements, when you think about it, there is either going to be a supplier, whether of goods or services, and you need to have some sort of arrangement with them so in this world right now there's there's a lot that goes especially on regulations it's It's very important that they are simplified, and also that the cost of complying is not as expensive so but within like most African countries it's like, there's, there's effort, I would say that, like, Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, and other countries have, like, an online system where someone can register. But then again, that, that's, that uh, assumes that a person has knowledge or now to go onto these online platforms to do that kind of thing and to get the licenses and then the other thing which is very common is the cost of financing because you see you need capital or whether it's starting up or whether you want to expand and for most for most lenders they need collateral. You need to have a form of security. Someone with a very small business, the the time they either are getting the capital to start that small business, they may not have anything much to give as collateral. And I, I know especially that uh, different systems of lending have been Explored right now, where, for instance, you can, you don't need collateral, but then uh, the interest rate is very high. Again, it's the cost. The cost of financing is quite um, steep for most small businesses. And when you look at it, most people are ch- trying to start out businesses, they either go to family to get capital. Again, uh, that also comes with its own implications because you want to have either purely business arrangement where you don't are not going to your family to start to give you money to start the business. And most times you may not even have someone who is willing to give you that all the cash you need, whether to start off and to expand. So especially the cost of financing is quite high. And then uh, in, in addition to that, look at that an entrepreneur, like one of the big challenges I would say for Africa is there are no incubate, incubators or think tanks. Whereas someone who has a business idea, let's say, for instance, I I want to start an online platform uh, to uh, do something, to offer a certain kind of service, there's a lot of thinking that has to go in there. There's the market research that you have to do in that area. There is the trying out and coming up with a prototype. There is... Uh, thinking through how the system would work. And there's not so much of think tanks or incubators that would help these businesses to at least even shape them and to direct them in a way that they will pick up and quickly take off. So, and I recognize that there's a lot of like online places where you can go to study and uh, maybe get uh, more information on your startup. But you see that again is eating into the time that an entrepreneur would be uh, taking to grow their business. So, those are some of the things that I would like to highlight for now on some of the most obvious costs that are affecting micro, small, medium enterprises within Africa, whether it's from the point of starting or the point of going on. A lot more could be said, like on the professional fees, that someone could, uh, a business would need to incur maybe to consult. And then there's the competition that you always have to like look out for. So you need to be innovative. You need to keep innovating. You need to keep learning on the on the job and learning on the business, which sometimes you you don't have so much free time to do when you are the sole proprietor, for instance. So you don't have so much time to be learning at the same time to be chasing for capital and and, and at the same time to be complying to uh, and the Places like, uh, or institutions like the tax revenues within Africa are ruthless when it comes to like going after people who are not tax compliant. And it doesn't matter whether you are micro or uh, small enterprise, the cost of compliance, you really have to focus on that. So it leaves you very little time to even start uh, learning and looking for ways to innovate. All these things really put you in such a place where growing and breaking out of the small, medium enterprises category it becomes quite difficult chido Wow, that's that's really interesting to note, you know. Uh maybe just before I give to the I wanted to highlight something when you spoke about uh business incubators. I was actually reading this other day when I was doing my research and I figured that Malaysia, yeah, actually has what they call in the venture hub, which is um a national incubator that has been set aside for uh small enterprises that are within the technology space. So I'm thinking that's actually a very good initiative because it then sort of cushions them from all these other costs that come up with having to do research, you know, market research and all these other things. So I, I genuinely feel that it's something that we as a continent or maybe as African states we need to we need to start thinking about implementing because it, 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 you, it would almost seem like we really, we, we really do know how to come up with innovative ideas and all that, but they never get to fruition because of all these other challenges that you have been, uh, um, raising. So I'm going to ask, uh, Becky, I see her hand is raised, so that she can comment on some
1: of those issues. Yeah, it's, it's a whole list of hindrances for small businesses. I think the one that I wanted to add, um, on the on the list of direct expenses, the one that I feel is also pertinent is the cost of energy, like electricity. Um and it's this one is it, it affects the MSMEs, I would say, disproportionately because it's a general problem within within the continent. Um, so it, everyone suffers the same problem, but MSMEs, because they have less capital, it means they're disproportionately affected because they don't have the kind of capital it takes to, you know, do alternative, um, energy, like install solar power or whatever. Um, actually, the report, um, uh, from the World Bank. So they do an annual report on the cost of doing business and, uh, it's reported that to get a permanent electric connection in sub-Saharan Africa costs three times more than the global average. So you can imagine as a small business, if your business is, say, energy dependent, like maybe you're doing some kind of um, uh, manufacturing or in, in a small scale or even just general uh, consumption of, of electricity as part of your of your utilities, they pile up quite fast and I actually remember in 2019 we visited um, industrial processing zone and one of the things that a small business person told us was that so they had that unique opportunity to their business involved making some jewelry so they needed to have access to some kind of machines and one of the comments he made was it's not just that I couldn't afford the machinery, but even if I could afford this machine, I wouldn't run the risk at my level of operations to operate this machine from my own premise because of the energy consumption. So luckily for this person, they had access to an IDZ and they can only use the machine and pay a piece of whatever, whatever um, they're making. So that's also a problem that um, it, it's a hindrance to entry so that if you already know that your business involves something or part of your process involves high energy consumption, you're already facing challenges that will even discourage you from starting the business, or you start the business and you realize that your costs are piling up um, uh, quite high.
0: Um, Thank you so much, uh, Becky. That's really an interesting observation. Again, I feel that these are the Challenges. You know, the thing is, some of those challenges, like you said, they are generic. They go across the board. Every business tends to, um, you know, face the challenges, but they are disproportionate when we, when we consider MSMEs. And it has a lot to do with, you know, issues like access to finance. It has a lot to do with their size and how they are sometimes capital intensive. So if you look at those, um, challenges that you guys have raised, I think my comment would basically be that, um, COVID-19 is actually exacerbated these challenges in a way that's just unimaginable, right? So, traditionally, MSMEs were already facing challenges with regards to access to finance, right? Um, cumbersome procedures, uh, with registration, as, as, as Christina said, they were facing challenges with, um, market access. You know, not having enough or adequate information with with regards to the market. And COVID has actually made it even worse, right? So before I get to the impact of COVID-19, I just wanted to mention something that, um, a certain, like this lady, she she owns a startup, right? And here in Africa, and she was speaking at Davos, and she was saying, you know what? The other, when we, when people say that MSMEs tend to face constraints when it comes to access to finance or, you know, getting into capital intensive projects, sometimes it's not even the cost of having to buy equipment or or pay for all these other fees and services, but it's actually the cost of researching on the market. So what happens is getting to try and penetrate into an existing market is very difficult for SMEs. Uh, to, to get, uh, information on customer preferences and all those other things, that tends to be very costly. So her argument was, she was, she actually was pleading to national governments to find means to ensure that, uh, most startups or most businesses, small businesses, are actually helped when it comes to market information and all this, and, 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 and you know, be assisted in penetrating markets because that's actually where the bigger chunk of cost End up going to. And then coming back to COVID-19, uh, you'd realize that we all know that there were, you know, the lockdowns, the restrictions that were imposed, the curfews and everything. And in as much as they were hurting all the other businesses, like Becky said, they were disproportionately hurting, um, MSMEs because of all those other inherent issues that we've already discussed. But, well, before I go to the part, it is very sad to actually realize that, um in Africa, in Africa, in South Africa, a lot of MSMEs had to close because of COVID-19. Uh, they couldn't absorb the pressure. But while, while this that was happening, I would really want to point out that I applaud most of our governments because they really tried so hard to cushion MSMEs because, they, like everybody else, they understand the importance that they play within the 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 mainstream economy and, and how much they contribute to the GDP and how also they are very important for post-COVID uh, economic recovery. So we had a lot of um, incentives by governments, you know, reserve banks, uh, extending credit facilities. We had... Uh, instances where the government would just inject money into these businesses to ensure that they survive the brunt of the pandemic. But while this way, we we obviously talking about the negative impact, we can't really, you know, turn a blind eye to the positive side that actually came out of the pandemic, right? Because there were lo- a lot of opportunities that actually popped up for MSN is that they can actually grab right now, make use of those. And with government support, as you're saying, um, Begin to grow into into bigger businesses. Uh, for instance, you'd realize that because of uh, the other post-containment, like the COVID containment measures, most of government I can't say facilities, but most of government operations have to go online, right? Which really or substantially reduced the num the procedures for setting up for registering or setting up a business. And you know, paying taxes and everything. So obviously post COVID, that momentum I'm hoping is going to be maintained that instead of it taking three weeks for somebody to register a business, now they have to just do it online and it takes more than maybe more than two hours. If that's maintained, that would actually be a good start for most msmes to ensure that they get registered because it's always an issue where we're talking about how they are not registered and because of that they can't access you know some of these benefits that are available right then we also look at how the market sort of expanded right because in as much as we were talking about e-commerce and it being available and, and and there be a digital market and all that it was not so popular especially in africa or for most businesses as much as it became uh, during COVID. In a way, it sort of accelerated the penetration of the market. And I feel like that it, it sort of reduces some of the cumbersome costs that we're talking about if MSMEs decide to actually go digital, right? But they still need government support. I'm not denying that. And also the idea that, you know, the, the use of technology itself, uh, not just from the market perspective, the idea that most of the, you know, most of technology became really accessible. It can be a good platform for for MSMEs to actually scale up their productions and and be on top of the constraints that they normally face. And well, we can't not we cannot not talk about the African Continental Free Trade Area how it's opening up a market that uh, previously was inaccessible for MSMEs because they were you know, cumbersome taxes and levies, the the non-tariff barriers. That are going to be phased out gradually, yes. But I feel that that also then opens up an opportunity for MSMEs to, you know, get into the market and also scale up production to ensure that they then develop into uh, into bigger entities. And I think I just wanted to say that there is really need for government to ensure that. You know, MSMEs are actually integrated into the formal economy. Uh, we were talking about financial inclusion. We we're also talking about capacity building because the problem that happens is, I will use the example of COVID. Most of, uh, governments had to put out incentives for MSMEs, but not every entity benefited because they actually, some of them were not even aware of such programs that the governments were rolling out. So it then comes back to the idea that we we need to actually start with inclusion when it comes to MSMEs. Let they be included in all aspects of the economy. And then we can then start talking about how best we can, you know, facilitate the ease of doing business for them within most countries. Christian, what do you have to say? I, I'm thinking you might actually want to be giving us your words because we are running out of time. Then after you, Becky will say something and then we'll close. Okay. Yeah, Chido, I agree. Especially because I think education and training for most MSMEs is really important. Make them aware that like there's the Africa Continental Free Trade Area that's now live and tell them how that impacts their businesses because you see... Oh, There's an MSME owner who is not aware of what's happening. And once the markets open up, they wonder, like, how is it that we're now facing a lot of competition from other people across the continent? So making people uh, aware, like, don't just assume, especially within Africa, there's such an information gap. The information is there somewhere, but it doesn't go down to the users of the information and in a way that they can use it. Same with what you noted, especially on the incentives that the governments use. There's a lot you find, like most countries have, like uh, education for even something like taxpayers. But for some reason, people are not aware of it, or they're not even aware that they can get this uh, sort of training that uh, is part of capacity building. And I would also challenge like entrepreneurs within Africa, like you need to keep your ear on the ground. You need to like try and and know and and get information that is up to date. And because sometimes getting that information and using it is the difference between uh, surviving in this environment or closing up. Yeah, those are my uh, closing remarks, Shida.
1: I think my parting comments would be to say that there is reason to be hopeful because looking at the Doing Business uh, report for 2020, Actually, most of the um, reforms coming from Africa on improving uh, the cost of doing the cost and environment of doing business, they have to do with the very things that we're talking about. Um, it's how improving how you start a, how you register a business, obtain the permits, getting credit and trading across borders. So these are all things that we have discussed and to see that the reports indicate that the improvements, the reforms currently being done, the regulatory reforms currently being done are pointing to those areas. It's, it, it says that there is something to be, uh, something to be hopeful because most of the countries are actually doing well. It's only a few, I think 17 out of the sub-Saharan African countries that uh, have not implemented any reforms over the last uh, 12 months prior to 2019. And in total, globally, 25% of the reforms um, that, that were analyzed were coming from sub-Saharan Africa. So I would say that there's a reason to be hopeful. And there are a couple of countries that are doing very well in uh, fast tracking these kind of reforms. And one of the main ways that I just want to highlight is governments are trying to take a lot of processes online. And that is how they're managing to um, like reduce the time wasted in applying for uh, permits or registering a company and also reducing the cost because that's one of the like persistent theme. It's uh, this particular country, they created a digital system, an online portal where you can apply for ABC and that has allowed them to reduce the time you need for that process and also reduce the cost. So uh, all said, I think we have a lot to be hopeful for as a continent.
0: Wow. Guys, I couldn't agree more with all that you have said. I, I, I feel like, yes, there is so much that has to be done, but again, like, like you said, we, there is also room, uh, to be hopeful. And I think for me, personally, my hope that we are going to improve the ease of doing business for MSMEs really comes from how I have watched or how I have really been following African governments come up. I mean, uh, come through for MSMEs during the, during the pandemic. It was, it was an eye-opener and I, I guess we got to a point where we actually realized and, you know, we accepted the role that MSMEs do play within the, the within the formal economy. And because of that, we had governments running around to ensure that, you know, they, Is the pressure they cushion these MSMEs from the brunt of the pandemic. And I hope that I certainly do hope that we keep the momentum. You know, I was actually looking at, uh, Asian countries and most Arabic countries and you'd realize that they were, the government was actually helping MSMEs adopt what they were calling a resilient and transformative strategy whereby they were completely changing their products to suit the demand. So I feel like that momentum has to be changed where you find somebody who was used to making heads actually transforming the product altogether to start making masks because all of a sudden masks were in demand. So I feel like if we start encouraging a culture in which most businesses adapt to the needs or to the needs of the market, or the needs of consumers, we won't have a situation where we, we have most, with some enterprises that are threatened or threatening, uh, to close. Uh, and also, I, I also wanted to say, even during the pandemic, I, I, I noted a number of MSMEs, especially in Uganda, were actually, you know, rising up to the occasion and making use of digital platforms to be known to market themselves and penetrate into the market. And I know very well that, obviously, after the pandemic, they've already created a clientele base. They're they're continuing in in production and providing and supplying the products that they were supplying. So it's actually a good thing. And maybe, like I said, my parting remarks would really be about inclusion. Let's really try to include MSMEs. Even when we are doing um private public engagements, they're actually supposed to be there because some of the challenges that they face i think policymakers tend to hear from, or to hear of them from third party third party perspectives you know when people just do research but they actually don't invite them to the table to actually speak and iron out the, the the specific challenges that they are facing so yeah i i guess we can always have a session on this and we pick up from where we left to our tuning in our listeners, you might also want to follow up on the webinar because it's going to be region specific. That's going to be done. That's going to be hosted on when on Thursday, right, uh, Christian? Yes. Uh, there's a webinar this coming Thursday on the 18th of February 2021. Uh, yes, which we will cover a bit more of cost of doing business for MSMEs and within the informal sector and it's perspectives from different African countries. So yeah. Yes. Uh so guys do tune in to the webinar, follow it on YouTube and let's have a conversation on how best we can make sure that the MSMEs within the continent are actually uh empowered so that they start living to their potential which in turn will lead to economic development. So thank you for tuning in again. Till we meet again next time. It's been fun. This is Chido, Christine, and Becky, and bye.